0: God.
1: this morning. Sister Kezia keeps playing. Oh Heavenly Father, when we think even the words of that last verse, they say were found inscribed in the walls of an insane institution. Someone thinking about the love of God couldn't express it, couldn't begin to tell it. Lord, how can we as mortals even begin to grasp it. But Lord, there's moments you give us. And Father, we just want to say we love you because you first loved us. Oh, what love you've expressed to us. And Lord, in the midst of a dying world, at the end of this mortal life, you decided to call a bride. And among them, you had predestinated a people. And Lord, you looked down through the clay and the mud and the muck and the mire. And you saw those little seeds and you began to warm and call us and bring us to your side. And we're here this morning, Lord. Thank you for thinking of us. Thank you, Lord, that we can be called the children of God. Lord, you mean the world to us. How could we ever thank you? And Lord, you wanted to make us partakers of your glory, of your great kingdom. So we're here this morning. Blessed be your name, Father. Lord, as we open the scriptures now and look into the word, Lord, we ask that you'd impart to us the part that we have need of. We know that Noah's message could not work in this day. You even came in one place and said, if Jesus preached Moses' message, it would be wrong. But Lord, there's a message you have for this day. It's not just even a message to the church, but it's a message to the bride. And Lord, we want to hear your voice speaking to us. Lord, we pray. We want to be ready. We want to be clothed. May you clothe us with your word, Lord. I pray your blessing, Lord. I'm just a mortal, a man, but I pray that you'll use this vessel, this channel, this voice, my heart, my life. And Lord, we also as hearers are only vessels full of mistakes, but Lord, minister to us this morning. We commit ourselves to you. We commit everyone gathered in your name, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, We're going to turn to the Bible. Thank you to the musicians. Thanks, Brother Dan. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 12. We're also going to read over in 1 Peter, chapter 3, but we'll start in Proverbs, chapter 12. Let's just start in verse 1. Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. Verse 4 A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. Amen. We're going to turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 in verse 1. Usually I wait till all the I can hear all the rustling of the pages, but I can't hear them all. So if you're still turning, wherever you are, just we'll start reading. Likewise, you wives, be in subject, some subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So the, the wives are reflectors of the husband. This is in the natural, but it's also in the spiritual. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in the which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, (coughs) which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women who also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, who does, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and you are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Amen. God bless his word. You may have your seats. <coughs> Brother Dan made some good comments about Mother's Day and many times in just looking back on the past Mother's Day, we've not necessarily taken a message that way, but made some comments and, you know, we really don't want to take Mother's Day as just another check mark on the calendar. Okay, we got to do this, we got to go out, we got to do this, and so we don't want to do that. We, we want to honor our mothers and, and not just make it like the world, which is a commercial Event, You know, this is, we're going to have a commercial event and we're going to buy a card and some flowers and we're going to do that. So this morning, I'd actually like to take a little bit of time and just to honor our mothers and to also just preach the gospel. And uh, I, I want to, because if I can say it this way, just because you're a woman and you have children, you may be able to be called a mother. But I want to speak this morning on True motherhood, true motherhood. So, anyway, it's, that this is going to be a little, maybe a little different. I, I'd like to be able to to uh, preach the gospel here and and not just say nice things. And I do want to say nice things too, because I believe, as the Bible said, a woman is is a crown in the jewel of her husband, a, a virtuous woman. So. So when we speak of true, Brother Branham would would often use, and if you go back into the book of uh, Joshua, it was Rahab that when the spies came and she requested a token, she didn't just say, give me a token, Give, give me just your word. She says, give me a true token, give me something that's real and that's genuine, And I believe as the bride of Christ, spiritually speaking, we don't just want to be in church for the sake of having church. We don't just want to come and fulfill our role. But if if there's really God in our hearts, we want to be clothed with the word. We want to be clothed with the garments that we can come before the Lord Jesus and stand there knowing they're true and that they're given to him. You know, the the prophet would often go to John chapter 4 and in John chapter 4 was the woman at the well and and he would say these words, the Father seeketh such that worship him in spirit and in truth. So we desire a true uh, religion, a true gospel. And he would say, true is a very wonderful word. It just does not mean true in the sense of opposite to false. But true is a, it expresses a perfect realization as contrasted to a partial. So when Job, when he was in the Bible and he went through his great trial and he comes to the very end and he goes through this trial, there was something God was teaching him and Job made this declaration. He said, I have heard, but now I see. And so when we when we we heard that God's going to call a bride, He's going to call uh, an elect lady, a woman, and, and in this last day, we we had our thoughts to be the bride of Christ would be mean just to accept the message, would be just to understand the doctrines, and would be just to be part of this, but. I believe we're recognizing that it goes far beyond identifying ourselves with William Branham. It goes far beyond just coming to church. But it's actually putting on Christ, the character of God. And, and our sisters are a reflection of the natural. We're, we're going to move to the natural, but let me just take a few moments with this. So Brother Branham would say, true has a richer, deeper meaning. And I believe that we want to see a trueness amongst uh, that that reflects not only in the spiritual worship, but also in the natural. So, Brother Bannum would say, "This Mother's Day is wonderful. Um, we've, but what's like the world? We've commercialized the thing." He says, "Sometimes that's a discredit to mother." And as I was meditating on this yesterday and we had a little bit of a gathering with with uh, mothers and I was just reflecting on it after and I thought you know God has made made our mothers and and I I want to appreciate them but I I, I believe sometimes we if we're not careful we just take it and I think we need to just I want to just pause a little this morning so this is this is not just for the benefit of the mothers but it's also for the husbands, and it's also for the children, and it's also to reflect to Christ. Brother Bannon would say, I, my mother's a woman, a wife. Um, that's lovely. I've got thousands of Christian sisters that I highly respect, and if, and if they can respect what God made them, he said, a motherhood and a real queen, that's all right. She's one of the best things that God could give a man was a wife. Besides salvation, a wife is the best thing for a, for a man. And he said, but if she isn't, Solomon said, uh, you know, she's, she's as good as water in his blood. If it isn't that, it's the worst thing that could happen. He said, if you've got a good wife, brother, you ought to respect her to the highest. I'll I'll, I'll say this. My wife and I just celebrated our anniversary a couple of days ago. So it's 27 years, and I I would say our love is greater and richer, and I love her more, and I respect her more, and I appreciate her more. And I believe that's the way it is with with the Lord. We ought to be the same way. So a real woman, and and Brother Manum would say, Children, if you've got a real mother that stays home and tries to take care of you, keeping your clothes clean, I know children don't always respect that their clothes are clean because they just go out and make them dirty again. He says, keeping your clothes clean, send you to school, and then he puts this in, teaching you about Jesus, you should honor that sweet old mother That's that with all that's in you. You should respect that woman because she's a real mother. So I I, I just want to take a little bit of time with that this morning. Let's go over to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2. And I'm going to just take a a little bit of this just to back up. And uh, Genesis chapter 2, we're going to pick this up. I I won't turn to verse 1, but in verse 1... When God had made man, it was in a theophany, it was both the male and the female, the masculine and the feminine, and when they were in that theophany body, God gave them the command to multiply and to replenish the earth. Now, when a word goes forward, you don't always know the meaning that's attached to it, but as you now go in the scripture, you see how, what God's thoughts were regarding the matter. So now we go into Genesis chapter 2. Adam is formed out of the flesh. of, of, of And he was really known as man. He was just known as man. And he formed out of, out of the dust of the, the ground. And he became a living soul. And yet Adam had this longing that was in him. Because he was just expressing part of the image. There was another part that had not been expressed. So in verse 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and he brought her unto the man. So she was really always part of the man, but yet she was brought out after the original creation. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So woman is a part of man. And he says now in verse 24, and, and, and Adam having the mind of God. Remember, it was Adam that had just named all the animals. It was Adam that caught the inspiration. And whatever God thought they were, Adam could identify them by their characteristics and give them a name. A name is always associated with the characteristics. So he says now in verse 24, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother. So for the first time there's an indi- an indication given of what was expressed in Genesis 1, that man should multiply and replenish, and it would come through fatherhood and motherhood. And he says, and he says, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now, in spoken word as the original seed, Brother Bannon would go on to say, and he would say, Eve would have brought forth children. So now, it wasn't just Adam because Adam had the seed. The woman came after. It was going to be the man with the seed, the woman with the bedding ground that was going to be a part of God's great plan to bring forth children. Now we know that the devil got in and perverted all of that. So let's just take for this moment this thought. And Brother Bannon would say this. He said, He took the feminist part out of man and made a woman out of it. Now, Brother Ed, why are you preaching this? We all know this. I'll tell you why I'm preaching it, because we live in Satan's Eden. And everything that we see every day, everywhere you go, when you look on the streets, when you you look on billboards, when you see a magazine, when you look at the news and you see a news anchor, it's contrary to what God's original was. And we're influenced by what we see around us. And we can think, oh, that's a woman. But it's not womanhood as far as God knew. They might be uh, feminine in their body, but many times their spirit is not. Now, I I don't hear a lot of amens here. That's okay. I'm sure they're resounding out there. They're they're there somewhere. I know they are. So anyway, I told you I want to preach. Actually, I'm going to take this the bulk of my thoughts out of a Mother's Day message Brother Branham preached. Do you want to hear which one it is? Mother's Day, I think it was 1954. And he titled the message this, Invasion of the United States. That was the Mother's Day message. Okay, now that, that, just, that just hit the floor with a thud over here. So. But yes, that was a Mother's Day message. <laughs> Listen, don't worry, this will be good. If you're a Christian, you'll love the Word of God. If, you, if, if there's something that's not quite right, thank God He's correcting me. He's shaping me. He's molding me. He's making me what I ought to be. Okay, I'm wonderful. I've, I've, I'm pulling some of you along with me, but you're, you're coming. I'm glad, glad to hear it. <coughs> so he would say, "A woman is feminish, sweet, loving. Now, now li- listen. This may seem simple, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to say it because if it's for nobody else, this is for young sisters, young brothers, how we conduct ourselves, what we look for. He would tell young men, he says, when you see a sister, now in the, in the youth and in your hormones and everything that's going on, you might see something that attracts you to, to the flesh or, or maybe a nature a little bit, but it has to go deeper than that and and and, and he and brother Branham would admonish young men he'd say now think about it that woman will become the mother of your children one day she will cook you meals one day she will be a part of your household what kind of a house would you have do you know, you know brother Branham. he would preach that from the beginning of the message right to the end. In 1965, what house will you build me? But he also took choosing of a bride. Why? It's reflective of Christ choosing a bride. So, so we're looking for genuine, genuine feminism. And not, I don't want to say feminist spirit like the world, but genuine feminine spirits. Genuine masculine spirits. Because what we see today in the world is a, is a much perversion and it's perverted in the spiritual realm. Now, I, I'll tell you what, let me, let me get some of the tough sledding over and then we'll come back to some of the good things. So you, if you can pull through it, we'll have more time for the good, alright? So he says, a woman is feminist, sweet, loving, not big and carrying on. Brother Bannon would use words like flirters. A real Christian woman, even as a young sister, doesn't flaunt herself. I'm, I'm going I'm to preach, okay, if I, if I can't, I, I'll just have to close my eyes if I have to do nothing else. But I have to preach it like God laid it on my heart. Because I actually didn't want to go this way till yesterday when I was riding on a lawn tractor, listening to a tape for two hours, and it just, Lord, dropped it in my heart. This is the way I want you to do it. So I'm going to be obedient to the Lord this morning. Okay? And he said, and I'm saying this for our benefit, because God is cutting and shaping a people, and we want to line up with Him. I'll tell you what, if you're a real Christian this morning, as a husband, as a woman, as a young person, we want to line up with God. So he said, not big and carrying on. So that doesn't mean flirters. A real Christian woman will not flaunt herself. And I'm going to, I have to use present day language, on the internet, showing suggestive photos, showing those things. That will not be an image of where God wants us to go. God wants us, there's something about a woman that's dainty. There's something about her, Brother Adam would say, used to be women would blush. That doesn't happen anymore. Why? Because there's a hardness about worldly women that, does, that God doesn't want to exist within our lives. I appreciate, Sister Rachel, you, were, you had the benefit of being raised in, 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 with, in, with, like, with your father and he rose and, and, and taught you. And, and what, I, what I saw even as you were growing up, it was God bless Brother Dale, wherever he is this morning, for all that he did and, and, and such. But you had the benefit Of having a godly influence. And it reflects. And it reflects onto your children. And we need to keep carrying that on. Because God gave us our children for a reason. He gave us because he knew we could be a good influence on them. We would teach them the right ways. We would show them the right ways. I thought of this morning. Just different mothers that we've had in our congregation over the years. I, I read this scripture out of Peter for a reason, because I, I thought of some of the sisters, and, and it said, for in this manner, the old time, the holy women also trusted in God. And I thought of some of the holy women. I thought of Sister Kesser, who raised children, and, and then her children raised children. And I thought about how that's transposed down I thought of my grandmother. Brother Dan and I share the same grandmother. Sister Whitmire. And a godly woman she was. And when I was not living right and not doing the right things, I avoided her because I didn't want to be condemned walking. But yet she had a way of just I, walking in, and hey, nice to see you, and just drew you in. And and then when he when had you all smothered with love, and she says, now I've been praying for you. You shouldn't be doing those things. Jesus is coming. And I'll tell you what, just your heart's just smitten. Oh, thank God for godly women, mothers and grandmothers that prayed. I'll say this. May it continue. May it not stop back there. May it continue down. And I believe we have some of them, even now, that get on their knees for their children and pray for them and wait on God for them. God gave that attribute through our sisters for a purpose. And I said, so that, that needs to be passed down. And, and, and I, I thought of different ones. actually came to my mind, even I've gone over to Africa a number of times. And, Brother Harold's always appreciated there for the work that was done, but Sister Marlene is greatly appreciated in the country of Africa. Sister Marlene, for how she conducted herself and how she did what she did, was greatly respected and I, I could could say thank God for that kind of an influence. And I say, let it continue. let's let's keep those images before us and and you, you, you can. And there's others. I, I don't even know all the backgrounds from the different places. But I'm sure there's mothers that are there. Sister Bado is an older sister that's with us. There, there's a sister that's lived a life and, 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 and such. There's other ones that are there. But I think let's honor that. And not just honor the fact that they had children, but honor the influence that they were on their children. And honor that. There's others that we'll will just come to. Now, Brother Branham would say this. There's a feminist spirit, and he talks about man, a man that can get that feminist spirit on him, so sissified, um, there's something wrong. And when you see a woman that wants to chop her hair and wear a pair of overalls, there's something wrong. A woman has a feminist, a man is masculine. And then he says, when you see a woman looking... Like trying to act like a man, you know, we could go into much on that. But I want to move this forward just as it relates to motherhood a little bit. In invisible union, now again, we're talking about the spiritual and the natural. And Brother Branham would speak of the woman. A woman is entrusted with certain characters that she must not defile. A woman is trusted to that. There's not a creature on earth like a woman. There's no female of any kind entrusted with the character that a woman has. Now, you can be kept by your character or be defiled by it. Now, a woman was in the beginning of creation. God knew she would fall. Other females could not commit adultery. She's the only one that could. Now, I'm not just blaming this on female because we, we have a choice as a church on which way we go, we're all we're all. Listen, just we'll, well, just stay with it. I need you all to pull. I really do. I, I I want this to be. God, just sharpen us. If if we become a little dull in our vision, if if things haven't been clear, if the world has muddied the lines a little bit, let's just sharpen it this morning. He said. Now, she was given a sacred charge from God for redemption. Why? She's a betting ground. Now, she has been given this to bring forth life that only God himself could give. Her husband might be the germ bearer, but God has to produce the life. That's right. All life comes from God. Now he says, the, the, he's talking about the church he says, but he says, I'm speaking to the natural woman. This is from Romans 7. She has a sacred trust of virtue committed by her Lord, a certain view, virtue. She must not defile that virtue. He said, in this life, if she defiles it, she can be forgiven, but he says, it's always there. That's how sacred it is with God. So I I, I want to just say God gave us these characteristics within the body, but also for our sisters. Brother Branham would go on to say this. He'd said, and, and now just going into this thought of motherhood and, 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 and God, he, he took something out of Adam that was feminist in nature. Now you take a little child, a little girl, okay, a little girl, I have to be specific here. It's already in her. These characteristics naturally, they'll take a little doll and they'll play with a little doll. They'll 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 want to mother something even as a child. It's a natural, God given characteristic. They'll want to take care of it, and uh, you know, as as a general, generally they will take care of things and be more compassionate and more caring. God made them that way. Now you can get hardened and lose that, but God made them that way even as a child, but yet you need to stay under the Holy Ghost for that to develop in the way that God wants. So brother and would say in the message, he careth for you, you mothers that would get up in the middle of the night, if you were ever so sick, if Junior had the cover kicked off of him, you might take that little fellow, might take a cold, you'd struggle some way to get to the bedside to make him comfortable. I'll tell you what, we go out here, and uh, we go out in winter, and, and my wife just sometimes, like I'm walking somewhere with her, and she just stops, how can they do that? And, she, and what she sees is, in the middle of winter, a mother carrying her child not adequately covered or protected you know, when, when we had our daughter, I mean, we had sleepers and things and blankets and then a cover over top of that and, and then preheat the car and do everything. That's a real mother. Looking, not living for herself, but looking for the interest of her children. Only God could give that, in, that, that, that quality, that characteristics. I, I mean, a man can do it too, but nobody can do it like a mother. God made it that way. And he said, you would do everything you can with a rag and bathe their face in cool water. You would sit there because it was though you were sick and you needed to be in bed yourself. But these children mean something to you. They're a part of you. They're your life. My, there's a mother. There's someone who who will really take care of you. You ought to honor that. My, I'll I'll tell you, my mom didn't have very much. The little she gave, I mean, I remember her when she was, we were on, my father was sick and we were on welfare. We didn't have much. My mother took a sewing job. She sewed, she sewed. She took care of us. She did all she could just to make sure we were warm, that we had a good meal, and that we could go off in winter and make our way to school. Thank God for a mother like that. She would knit endlessly, I had toques and scarves and socks just to keep warm. We couldn't go to the store and buy them. She had to work with her hands. And we ought to say, thank God for a mother that will give of herself for her children. God bless our mothers. God bless you wherever you are out there. We're honoring you today. We're honoring what God did in you and what you yielded yourself to. So Brother Adam makes all of these statements. And then he says, And the church is the life of God on earth, and he wants to comfort his church. So what does the church exist for? The church exists for the comfort of God's people. So why do we have services? So that God's people may be comforted, the natural types, the spiritual. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 49, if you will. Isaiah chapter 49. We're going to pick this up from verse 13. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people, and will have mercy upon his afflicted. God knows what we're going through. God knows what our brothers in China are going through. God knows what our brother... There's a brother imprisoned in Turkey from Iran. God knows. God knows what you're going through wherever you... God wants to comfort you. He reflected that comfort in a mother. But where did that come from? So he says here, verse 14. But Zion has said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. And then God gives this principle through the prophet. Can a woman forget her sucking child? Can a mother actually forget that she had... He says, and here's the answer. He says, that she would have not have compassion on the son of their womb? And he answers the question, but the principle exists. That characteristic is endowed with a woman naturally. It can be perverted. He says, can a woman? And, and, and you'd answer, no, I don't think they can, but they can. And he says... He says, he says this, yea, they may forget. Now, a small chance they would forget, but then he says these words, I will not forget you. That attribute comes from God. That attribute comes into our mothers, but it comes into the church. Also, that we have, our eternal life is living for others. If you really have Christ in you, you're not selfish. I, I, I wish I, I need to stop on this for a moment. This age is so selfish. Just take care of me. Take care of my family. Make sure I'm fed. Something is happening somewhere else. Well, that's way off somewhere else. I'll tell you what, when we get Christ in us, we're as interested in helping another part of the body just like a mother is interested in helping her child. I have to, I can only point to our own family. But first time we ever, we had three children, first time we ever went away for a few days. I think our youngest was, you know, six, seven, eight years old, somewhere in that range. And I booked a weekend away. And and while there was this immediate happiness, wow, this will be wonderful. What about the kids? (laughs) That was like, instantaneous. It it, it was like ingrained in her. Who's going to take care of them? Hey, it still happens. You know, we're going to go away from, what's going to happen to our kids? Honey, they're 21. They're almost 18. Honey, they can take care of themselves. Well, hold on a second. Let me rephrase that. Somehow, they'll be taken care of. Let me, they can't take care of themselves yet. I know that, but... (laughs) Meanwhile, in the Hammermeister household, they're all rolling their eyes and laughing and such. But anyway, that's ingrained in a mother. I'll tell you what, thank God that that attribute exists. Thank God that it came from God. God put it in a mother. God put it in the church. God has it there. I say, let's activate it. Let it live. Let it be a part of our fabric and our prayer life and our living one for the other. It's an attribute of God. While we're here, we're not just talking mothers, but husbands, he says. Sometimes we turn to other remedies. There's but one cure. Christ is the cure. The only cure is this. He cares for us. He loves us. He wants us to come to him. God made us that way, that that holy thing in us that wants to be comforted. Oh, friends, there's something about getting together with believers. It, it just there's just something that's beyond looking at what clothes they're wearing, who sang a special. But there's something that's real and genuine, and I say we need to have that. In a world of detachment, we need to make sure we stay attached. We need to connect with one another. Brother Bannon would say, as much as God gave a, a mother that way, he said they gave a wife that way. A wife is there to comfort him, to touch him. A man that's got a good wife knows there's something about a good wife. He can be upset in his business or his walks of life. He says, it's that way with me. When I come from overseas, I'm nervous. I'm upset. There's loss of sleep. I hear them crying. I see the little children. It kills me. But my wife comes over to me, puts, okay, faith cometh by hearing. Sisters, uh, when I come home and my wife will sit down on the arm of chair and put her arm around me and bring the favorite tea or coffee and a biscuit. And so, no, hang on. That, that's not in the quote, but I just got carried away there for a moment. But faith cometh by hearing. Okay. So he says, uh, Bill, I understand, you know. He said, Just a few pats from your wife can mean so much. The same thing, a husband to the wife. And I'll say this. The same thing. A mother to their children. You know what? I'll say I thank God that God put in my wife and she was raised that way by her mother and her grandmother. I'll say that attribute came down. Uh, The children, much more than being taken care of naturally and having a meal and having clothes and being warm and doing all of those things, they can also draw a greater thing, which is a comfort. My children know if there's something gone wrong, they can come home, mom is always there. No matter how old they are, no matter what happens, they can talk it over with mom and they'll have a compassionate ear. That's what God made mothers for. It's not just the natural, but it's to take care. It's to live for their children. Thank God there's real mothers in the world today. Oh, praise God. God bless you all. All right, we got to move on a little bit. Where are we at? I want to just take a few moments and talk about the characteristics. Let's go over to Titus chapter 2. On Friday we had a young people's meeting. It was on our hearts to maybe have a time where the young men could gather together with some other elder men and have the sisters gather together with some of the elder sisters. And I believe there's something that can be conveyed. Something Yes, we know the teaching from the Bible, but I think this—it it involves a personal touch sometimes. You know, you yeah, you, you know, you can you can teach your children about cooking at home. Your daughters, in particular, you can teach them about cooking, and 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 you know, here's the recipe. But it's not the same as. Okay, now you've got to take the dough this high. And then and you've got to wait till the oven's heated to the, and then stick it in. I'll tell you, there's something about a personal touch. And then you begin to learn. And, and there's a lot of people that are wanting to learn the secrets of our family when it comes to torting and kuchen and things like that. But I'll tell you what, they're not easily passed down. You have to just, uh, we, we already know at certain times to cook a certain kind of thing. Well, nobody can do it like grandma can do it. Or, or nobody can do this like, like mom can do it. Or, you know, so we're, we're praying that our children will be able to do it so that we can be sustained in our old age too. But anyway, these are natural things. But, but at the same time, I, I'm saying all of this, there's characteristics that need to be brought down. You know, add a little bit of this here, add a little bit of that there. Teach them. Spend time with them. Or, is this all right? This is, this, is, this is just down home living this morning. Okay, I, I, this needs to be preached, and said, thank God, there's, there's a lot of brothers that are smiling right now, and they're happy for all the cooking, and all of the other things that are going to happen in their home after this message, so that's, that's wonderful. Let's go to Titus chapter chapter 2. Brother, I said that because we had a young people's meeting, and, and this, was, this was maybe a little bit of the basis for what we were doing, but in, in the book of Titus, you know, Paul would speak to the Ephesians, and he would talk at a level here to the Corinthians. And, but he took these, these scriptures, to these messages to Timothy, and he begins to break it down, in and Titus, and, and, and what, what's he doing? It's, it's, it's the Heavenly Father bringing the care of the churches down to a pastoral level, and, and down to into our homes, and that's what we're doing this morning. So, in Titus chapter 2, this is... Let's just start reading in verse one. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, and grave, and temperate, and sound in faith, and in charity, and in patience. Now, what? What if our men were just, you know, going through their midlife crisis all the time, and they had a sports car, and and they're just racing and doing donuts in the parking lot? What kind of example would that be for our young men? Oh, I can see a few young men. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it's not. The Bible instructs us because there's characteristics. you got to grow up. You're going to be 60 soon. you got to grow up. It's time. There's no more, no more wasting. So he's saying, aged men, be sober, be grave, be temperate. Be sound in faith, in charity, in patience. Now he drops right over to our sisters. That the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, now we're talking about another level. This is beyond just caring in the home. The natural things. But now you're setting a godly influence. And Paul is identifying the characteristics that can come on the natural woman if she doesn't stay in prayer. If she doesn't exercise herself. He says, now, as becometh holiest, not false accusers. Now, now, why would he say that? Because you can... Just tell a story and it's easy to repeat a story and it gets told over and over and it can be like bears, as it says in another place in the Bible. It can be commonly called gossip. And Paul is saying this for a reason. Be careful. Listen, I'm saying this for all of us. I'm saying it for myself. Sometimes I've been guilty of repeating something I should not have. And I felt the Holy Spirit grieved in me. And I say... The Bible says, evil communications corrupt good manners. So let's not be guilty. Oh, did you hear what happened over to so-and-so? Did you hear? And and, and as we talk about somebody else and their subdubious things, we suddenly feel more righteous. I'll tell you what, that is a false religion. If you have the real spirit of Christ in you, you won't be repeating those things. You'll be speaking things that are sound and that are good. Now, Paul is saying this to the sisters. Now, not false accusers, not given to too much wine, not just cooking wine, not giving too much wine, teachers of good things. Now, this is, this is why motherhood exists. That they may teach the young women to be sober. Not flighty. Not, oh, he loves me. He loves me not. No, no, no. (laughs) No. Pray about it. Do this. Be the voice of reason. Be compassionate. (laughs) Some are smiling. Some are thinking, where in the world is he going with all of this? We had a... I had a, sometimes I'm getting into renovations through my work and I go into a home and, you know, you see different things. I remember as I walked into one home in a basement, I saw a young boy, 12 years old, playing a game, one of these uh, well-known video games, but, you know, and he's online with somebody else and they're they're killing people with machine guns. They're murdering them. It's a game. Uh, Call of Duty or something like this. I'll tell you what, if there was a real parent, because Brother Brandon would talk, it's not juvenile delinquency, it's parent delinquency. A real parent, genuine parenthood would not allow that. I I, I say all of this, I don't want to just construe it negatively, but we were doing a renovation for a client... And uh, went over to their home, looking through everything, and so they have one child, and you know there's a bedroom upstairs and there's an extra bedroom, and they said that one will be the sewing room. I said the sewing room? I said yeah, our daughter loves sewing. Really? And then I said, I was aghast. Like, you mean there's actually young girls that still like that stuff? Yeah. And she sh- and there's like baskets of sewing stuff, and she's really into it. You know, and I thought, wow, this is tremendous. You know. What's wrong with that if there's an interest that way? It doesn't have to be about video games. It doesn't have to be about social media. It should be a genuine interest. Something that can be used. Now, don't force it down them, but if the interest is there, I, I I was amazed that this actually happened. You know, I think that's wonderful. You know, aged women, teach your daughters. Teach them good things. Teach them things that will help them down the road. Teach them things that when they get married and, 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 and they, they have to take care of their husbands, it will be a benefit. So I say thank you this morning to my mother-in-law for raising your daughter because she's a blessing to me in many ways. She's a blessing in the things she does around the house. She's a blessing in her spiritual insight for the family. She's, she's a blessing in many ways. That doesn't just happen overnight. It takes genuine motherhood. Listen, I know you're not all doing cartwheels off the beams here or maybe off your fireplace mantle or wherever you're at this morning. But this is the gospel. This is sound doctrine. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. Any, you know what? And I, I said sisters, but you know what? Nothing wrong with the boys having a good hobby. Nothing wrong with buying a colorful truck and fixing it up. Not if that happens to anybody here. Uh, you know, as long as it, it the wheels get finally put on and it gets moved off the driveway, nothing wrong with it. I'm I, again, faith cometh by hearing. So I just pray that faith would take root here somewhere. Okay, so it says to. To love their husbands, teach, this is verse four, to love their husbands, to love their children, teach them to be caring. Verse five, to be discreet. Now, we we could take some time with all of these. I I, want to get to some things yet. That means don't just run rampant, you've got to cultivate character. Be discreet. Don't, Don't be. Flippant, don't be just flaunting yourself. What it's talking, mothers to daughters. You know, be discreet, be chaste. Chase that, 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 that's like becoming holiness and, and protecting the virtues that are in you. Keepers at home. Yes, it's good to get my driver's license, but it's good to be at home and learn things and, and prepare for things. You know, my, my, my wife had a, had a hope chest, which she laid up things, naturally speaking, for the future. But you lay up things spiritually also. You lay up character and foundation. and I believe, friends, why am I speaking this way? You're aware of the message, Brother Ed. Everything you see in the world is not like what I'm speaking right now. I I was out yesterday, and and there was other families, and I'm not criticizing them or anything, but there's other families. they're, They're gardening. They're doing things. Yeah, my daughter's coming over with her boyfriend, who she lives with. And I thought, you know, their whole mindset is different. And I said, thank God we have what we have. God has given us mothers. He's given us children. He's given us families for a reason, because God wants to present a bride before Christ. And he would say, be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now, what, what's, what's Paul saying all of this for? Because in, in, a, in a young lady, it can be natural to go this way and to go that way. But they need some direction. They need, uh, you know, appreciate a sister who, who, who knows how to cook before she's married, knows how to bake. You know that that, you know, the husband isn't a guinea pig in the first few weeks of marriage, but that there's actually something proven. You know that you don't have to have the fire department on call when they start up the oven. That you you can do certain things. It it's good to have these things in place before you go too far down the road. Now, he's saying all of this there's a nature. Now, it's also in young men because the next verse says, young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Now, why would you have to exhort them that way? Because it's not given in young men to be sober all the time. And I'm not talking drinking. Sober-minded. Okay? It's not in them to just sit back with the wisdom of an aged man, and make good commentary. No, it's actually easier to say, oh yeah, let me show you this joke. Oh yeah, let me show you this one. And you know, you actually have to teach these things and instill them. You know, it's good to buy a car where the rubber stays on the tire for more than a summer season. Kay? I know we all know about Jehu and how he drove his chariot and all of that. But it's good that young men would know there's a value associated with taking care of a car. With taking care of things. With doing maintenance. With changing oil. With, with doing different things. These are things that need to be taught and exercised. Wow, wonderful. This, this message, I, I just really pray that God would not let his word return void. But that faith would be exercised. Because there's a few things that need to happen in our lives, in our homes, in our families. Oh, thank God. Isn't the word wonderful? Man, there's some parents just smiling and there's some young people going, yikes, this is going to mean a change. And yeah, praise God for it. God wants to present a bride to him. Verse 7, in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil things to say about you now i'm going to stop there i actually had other scriptures that i wanted to get to but i'm not going to go there now i'm just going to go back to the characteristics of motherhood and i'm going to ask you to go to first kings chapter 3 this is now where now if you remember it was in the book of genesis that that noah the way that he determined that the waters had abated off the earth was by sending out two birds. And one bird had one nature and one bird had another nature. So the crow had a nature that would allow itself to feed on carrion and good things. Both were in its diet. diet. But the dove had another nature about him. And so what what Noah was... If I said Moses, forgive me. What Noah was depending on was the nature that God had instilled into that animal. And the animal of the dove had a nature that it couldn't feed. It had no gall. Therefore, it couldn't feed on things. So God was allowing the nature of that bird to give a sign to Noah that he could leave the ark. And finally, when he sent the ark, uh, the dove out, it came back, it couldn't find a resting place, it came back, and it had an olive leaf. And the third time he sent it out, it never came back. And Noah, Noah, how did he know? His sign was the character that was in the bird. Okay? Now, taking these same thoughts... Here is the wisest man on all the earth. This is King Solomon. And in verse 16, there comes two women that were harlots before the king. And the woman, one woman said, we, you know, we're prostitutes. I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But two women came. They're prostitutes. One woman, she woke up, and her son was dead, and the other one was alive. And one was taken, and there was a dispute. And there are all of this. And now into verse 23. The, ki- the king says, now... Um, The one saith, this is my son that liveth, and thy son is dead. The other saith, nay, but thy son is dead, and thy son is living. And the king said, bring me a sword. Now look at the wisdom God put into Solomon. Now what's he going to here? He's going to a God-instilled attribute that would be in a mother. Now, nobody sees all of this because, you know, he picks up a sword. I don't have a good sword. I would pick up one of these guitars here and smash it down, but that wouldn't do no good. But if I had a sword or any kind of an item here that I could do, and I would lay this child down, and I would put it here, and I would come, and here's the king. You know, everybody's watching the king. What's he going to do? How is he going to figure this? God's given him a gift. He says, he's going to take a sword. So he says this, give me a sword. And he says, and they brought a sword before the king. Now, I'm going to divide the child... In two, I'm going to give half to one woman and half to the other. And so, uh, you know, the, the movie Solomon depicts it where he takes the sword and he starts rushing towards the baby. He's about to hit. And one mother jumps across the baby. And she stops. And she says, and she says to the king, no, he says, don't hurt the baby. Just says, give it to this woman. She can have it. And... Wisdom would teach us all, well, obviously, that must be the woman. But Solomon detected the nature that God put in a mother. And the nature in the mother was such that he said, no, it's you're the true mother. You are willing to give your life. You're willing to allow that that child to go to another home that it may live. You're the right mother. And all the kingdom could see the wisdom of Solomon. Now, it, God put this in the Bible for a reason. Because God is depending on us to have a nature and a characteristic that's like Christ. Brother Branham, in his ministry, I want to just share a couple of events. It was in the message, Desperation. He talks about the time that he's in Mexico. And he says, There's a woman that was trying to bring a dead baby into the prayer line. She didn't understand English, but she was a mother. And he and the, all the ushers said, No, you need a prayer line, you can't they, she wouldn't stop for nothing. They said they they put up barricades. She crawled underneath them. She went this way. That was a mother that was acting on behalf of a dead child. And she knew that God could hear it. What was driving that woman was a desperation. God put that only in a mother. Just like God put that in the woman that was there. God put characteristics in a mother. Now these also are transferred over to a church because a church is a type of a woman and there's characteristics that if we allow them to be activated they will come forth in their season. Now that woman, she she would do everything she could for that child. Brother Bannon would also tell another story. I'm saying this all for a reason. The world that you look at They have no problem sending their children over to the neighbor to watch TV. They have no trouble allowing their kids to stay out late at night. They have no trouble doing these things. But if you're a genuine parent or a mother, you will be bleeding for your children to see them come into the household. You will be crying before God day and night. You will be desperate. You will do whatever you can. My mother never saw any of her children baptized. She never saw me baptized. She never saw my brother or my sister. She never saw any of us. But I'll tell you what, if she had a choice, she'd be here. But rather would be for her to know that we were serving God. Brother Branham would tell a story, and you'll, you'll know the story right away. But it was in regard to a man named Bert Call. If you want to know who Bert Call is, he's the man with lizard eyes. And, and he says they went out hunting And they would go hunting for deer, and they would come out there, and as they would do, he had this little whistle that emulated a fawn, and it would be this little whistle of a fawn, but it would appeal to the nature of a mother. So his whole desire was to use the characteristic of a baby crying out, knowing that the mother would come for it. And so as he was doing it, he blows that whistle, and Brother Bram goes, Oh, Bert, how can you do that? You know, and he says, and, and, and sure enough, in the middle of the day, out steps this mother. Where's my fawn? And she steps out there knowing she could get Oh, it overrode all of her instincts. It overrode everything. And she knew she could be killed, but the mother instinct took over. And 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 Brother Adam looked at it and he thought, Oh, Bert, how can you do it? And he's he's just like down here and he's going and he's waiting for him to shoot that gun, and he's he doesn't hear anything, and he just looks up and he sees his gun just wavering. He says, Billy, I can't do it. I'm through with it. What was it? He saw something real, he saw a mother in action. He saw a mother with her love dashing out to the front line. And friends, if God can see, if if that can happen to a man with an animal, what the world is crying for is something real in mothers and fathers that the world can see this is a genuine family. Now, I almost hate to go here, but this is what God laid on my heart, so... Now, going back to the invasion of the United States, I needed to give you all of that, but I need to go to this for a moment. Brother Branham would talk in this message, this Mother's Day message, invasion of the United States, and he would say this, motherhood is the backbone of this nation, you break motherhood, and you broke the nation. Now he says, and I watch where he goes. And he immediately goes to this statement. He says, look at history. Where is that American woman now? Used to be we went over to Paris to get fashions. Now Paris comes here. What's happened? The devil has stripped our women, taken their clothes off. It's an abomination to God. There used to be godly, old-fashioned mothers who knew God. Old-fashioned mothers. God help us to have more of them. Instead of cigarette smoking, cocktail drinking. Now, we might not be that in a church, but we might be neglecting real motherhood. He said, it's my opinion that this is what keeps America And when motherhood is broke, then you may as well fold up. The morals of the nation is broken. And he begins to go into a couple of things. And he says, and he would would actually talk, he would prophesy. And he said, I want to say this. Now, now, if you really respect Brother Branham, and I, I don't want you to look and say, this message was in 1954 and we are in 2020. No, don't think that right now. Right now you need to say, this was the voice of God crying out to us for where we are at today. And under the voice of God, he begins to say this, when a woman gets out of her place, when she gets out of the kitchen, she's out of her place. That's where she belongs. Outside of that, he said, she has no place. Now, you might think I'm hard on them, but that's the truth. It said, used to be a man was the head of the house, but he isn't no more. He's a puppet or a babysitter, a woman now will take a dog or practice birth control or pack a little old dog so they can run around at night. It satisfies their motherly instincts. He says, "But a real mother, God bless them, that's what holds this nation together. Real good, sacred, God-saved mothers." Now he says, in this invasion, he says when they invaded the United States, it wasn't soldiers coming onto the beaches. But it was the devil setting up headquarters in Hollywood. And he said, they set him up in Hollywood. And he said, all of our fashions comes from Paris. Them little girls and little boys, they watch them on the screen place. Now, just because you think, well, good thing we're in Canada. Good thing we're, no, he says, let me say this about Canada. This is another message. He says, if I could, I would make Canada my home. He said, I believe our nation has gone past because motherhood has stooped to a place till it's past redemption. But he says, television and radio has blasted it right into your nation here. And now he's talking about Canada. I see it in your stores. They're becoming polluted. People are becoming the same way. Oh, spiritual people, rise, awake. The hour is at hand. Can you hear the prophet's voice? You're hearing mine, but can you hear the voice of God through that prophet? Friends, the devil is so cunning. He comes in fashion. You talk about a little old lady with a little girl with a rose. Pretty woman. But he says... That's fine if she just sticks to her husband. But if she allows that to become an indebtment to society, she can become so low and scandalous. Try the same thing with the Church of the Living God. They get out here. They start to glamorize themselves. Brother Branham came home one day. He says in a certain message, he found his wife crying. And he says, why are you crying, honey? He says, well, I was going to have my children play with these other children. And they, they said no. And Brother Banham said he found out it was a Christian family, but, he's, but they were told not to play with them because they're not of our kind. They don't fit our social standing. I, I'm not going to read the quote for you, but now just take this for a moment, friends. When we start to do that, we're going into the very same place that the Ephesian church age went when they lost their first love. We develop a little clique. We're a little higher than some. That's never the way God wanted. He wanted us to love one another equal. He never wanted us to be higher or, or more. I'm, I'm digressing just for a moment. They tried to glamorize themselves, fix themselves up, and, and I, I, can I, if I can say it this way, if God gave you your beauty, use it in the right way. Nothing wrong with being pretty and dressing up. But just because somebody doesn't use it, don't look down on them. Be real Christians. Brother Branham would would talk and he says, why are these things happening? He says, because people are interested in a social gospel. And he would lay it right to the pastors. He says, they just preach a little social gospel. So I'm not preaching a social gospel this morning. He says, oh, if you're going to be a success, you've got to go with the modern thinking. He says, our pastor doesn't ball us out about these things. Brother Bram says, shame on that pastor. Any man that can stand in the pulpit and not look on the sin of this day, there's something wrong with that man. Friends, I'm saying this for a reason. The coming of the Lord is coming. Let's be real men, real women, real fathers, real mothers, real families. Let's be an example Brother Adam would use this example in, in the message why. He said, your life will impress your children. And he says, by the example that you set before them. Brother Adam would go and talk about two women. He would talk about a woman named Herodias who began to teach her daughter certain things. It was her daughter that when John the Baptist was brought before it, because of how she was taught by her mother, that she desired the head of John the Baptist in a charger. Now, that's one woman. Then he takes Moses' mother. Moses' mother taught him the right things. Now, why why are you saying all this? And I I need to follow through on, on what... I feel that the Lord gave me to follow through on. He said, the devil has come in. Invasion of the United States. He's got into preachers, patterning them after Hollywood. He's got into girls and young ladies, and they pattern after Hollywood. He says, he said, the best things they have in the country are moral-less. When you listen to all this radio talk, what would he say about the social media platforms that, that harbor these things? Not that they can't be used for good. What would he say about the commercials and the advertisements and the billboards and the way people are dressed? I Listen, I, I, I look at it and I, I just, I, I was going out for a walk. It was spring. It was great. It was, the weather was nice. And then I'm seeing a mother. She's walking. And there's her daughters, her little daughters, dressed in skin-tight leotards, and the mother's the same. I said, every generation is reaping further and further. But there is a generation of God that I believe is also sowing seeds, and we need to sow seeds. He would say, don't you realize you're poisoning your system by doing those things, ruining the whole generations that will follow you? Let me, let, me, let me pick up on a couple of things. Hollywood movies, instead of shutting down the shows and letting their people go, they give them 10 cents to go to a Sunday afternoon theater. Now, they don't do that today. They give them an iPad and say, go to your room. I think if we're real responsible, we'll watch what our children are watching. I think we have a great responsibility. Let me say the next thing. He said, the United States, motherhood is broken. This is invasion, Mother's Day message, invasion of the United States. So before you get set at me, I'm just walking where the prophet has already walked. I'm talking about the invasion of Canada and the world. He says, motherhood is broke. Mothers don't stay at home no more with their children like they used to. I'm saying this, you go everywhere, you look, oh, it's two family incomes. There's no way we can make it work. There's no way we can do this. I'll have to take a job. I'll tell you what, that's not God's provided way. God's provided way is to have a mother at home with her children. Now, I'm not just saying this outside of the kitchen, she has no place. The intent is, I want to use it for the positive, When your children have to run to some of them, do you want them running to a daycare person or do you want them coming to the mother? You exist for their comfort. And I say this, if if there's a pressure or our values are such that we need two incomes to have a certain type of car, a nice car, so that we can drive around in, I'd say... Sell the car, reduce your expectation, and give your children something that will last. Because I'll tell you what, you get the nice car with the nice cloth, you you know, you'll you'll have to protect your children from even sitting on it because they might burp or throw up on it or something. So save yourself a lot of trouble. Uh, I don't know where all that came from, but anyway. Hey, give them good values. Listen to what he says. Here, he says, they don't stay at home. They've got to have a job. The other day, a grocery man was talking. He said, now, let me, let me qualify this for a moment. Brother Brandon would say, "A Sister, it's okay to work if you're helping your husband pay a debt. But don't make the debt because you bought a nicer car or a nicer house. He would also say, there are times where you do it to help out in a certain thing. When your children are in an age and you can do it and you can have a little part-time job here, I think that's great. Stay busy. Stay occupied. Do something. But I say, your number one priority is for what God called you to. He says, now now look at Brother Banner, says, here's two men that were in the grocery store saying their wives just got laid off from the plant they were at. (laughs) Listen to this story. He says, and, and he says, there was two of them standing there. He says, don't worry, we'll make it anyhow. And Brother Banner says, oh, the hour of prostitution is at hand. Listen to this. Now listen, if there's anybody streaming in and you don't attend this church, just so you know, we honor our sisters, we esteem them, and they have a place in the kingdom of God that is a high place. This is not demeaning. But everywhere you look, Satan makes the workplace attractive and he makes motherhood look like it's down there. I'm going to try to reverse these because they really are this way in the economy of God. They are not the other way around. And all we see is that. But I say, let's look at God's kingdom. He says, the invasion is on. They've taken our women. They've stripped them down. They're out in offices. They're driving taxi cabs. They're going up and down the street. Instead of being at home, behind the stove, cooking, fixing dinners. What is it? It's the devil. Now, if I said that without a prophet to back me up, surely I'd get booted out. But I'm telling you, it's the Spirit of God crying out. Brother Brown said it's unclean spirits possessing the people, driving them into it. God knows we need more women like that today. Sister, can you put up the PowerPoint? I need to just clinch this a little bit with a few pictures. How are we doing? My what is the time? My watch just stopped. (laughs) somebody said don't worry (laughs) listen I'll go quick this is just the feminist spirit I, I, I read some of these quotes earlier Brother Bannon would say the backbone of any nation is womanhood when it comes to morals when you break motherhood you break your nation motherhood has been broken invasion of the United States 540509 Mother's Day second day in May the ninth was yesterday. The tenth is today. That was a Mother's Day message. Motherhood is broken. Mothers don't stay at home no more with their children. They've got to have a job. This is this is what he tells about these men. The hour of prostitution is at hand. You may think I'm just an old fogey. But the day you're dying, brother, sister, you're going to realize I told you the truth. That's right. She's on. The hour is here. The invasion. We've got to come to an hour of decision. We've got to decide if we're going to serve Christ or stay lukewarm in your church. I say this, I want to find my place. If my place is to be a doormat, like David said, if my place, and I've got a place here, I've got a place at home, I've got to take care, and I've got to be responsible, I have a duty to, to make my wife know she's loved, she's respected, she's not a doormat. She ought to be lifted up. She's the queen of the home. And when one of my sons... Or her daughters would sass her or say something. I know that's a southern expression. But when they talk back, I have a right to speak up and say, that's your mother. Don't do that. She's she's ordained of God. So, this is 1954. He's preaching this message. Let me take you back to 1954. I want to give you a few pictures. Home sweet home. This is the 1950s American home. (laughs) Aren't you glad they don't decorate like that anymore? (laughs) Yellow fridge, yellow black. I mean, at least the flooring and the fridge match. Um, Anyway, no brothers, don't get no ideas. I saw some tile on sale. I'm going to bring it home to my wife. Just let her pick that, okay? So husband comes home. Look at, I love this faith cometh by hearing. I love this, hors d'oeuvres on a plate as he comes home. My, oh my, if this could only happen. (laughs) Sorry, pardon me for making it light. Coffee, tea, wonderful. Look at it, knitting, doing things, okay. I know we don't live back there, I'm just trying to make an example, I'm getting to something here. This is natural setting, children playing. You know what I've really enjoyed about the last little while? We've had more family time at home. The world has stopped the treadmill. We're not all running that way. We actually sat down and played a few games. We played Uno, and I won once. Thank you. We played other, other games, Monopoly Deal. and You know what? It was fun. It was, it was good. Some popcorn and a game. Like, wow, what a novel idea. Yeah. Praise God for this opportunity. <laughs> the family dog. We don't have that yet, but we're doing the 1950s housewife, this is from, this is, this is the adver- advertisements of the day. You know, this was what was glamorized back then. Marriage and homemaking. This is what, what was out there. These were pictures that were shown. You know, didn't have dishwashers, but they're washing dishes. The, this, the daughter with them. You know, it, it, was, it was an ideal to get to. You know, the, the family home, the yard outside, the dog, everybody waiting, everybody sitting around the table. My, this is just it. Something from the oven. You know, and they're all sitting and waiting for something from the oven. Not for the delivery service to show up. <laughs> Not for Pizza Hut or Pizza 73 or whoever it is. Here it is. <laughs> We're having it tonight. Special night out. This, this may be a little bit far-fetched, another day in paradise, but nonetheless, it was an ideal that was ascribed to. You know? Success! After five years, I finally got the cake right. Look, just just time. Nurturing. Bonding. Being together. Kids having a good time. Healthy kids. Sound stably. Enjoying their homes. I, listen, maybe I'm, I'm making this idealistic picture, but I, I'm projecting the way it was and the way it is. You know... We were talking about the different kinds of candy bars we had when we were young. I won't get down that because you guys are getting hungry already. But look at the cars, station wagons, family vehicles. Yeah, actually, family vehicles, it was great. You know, the suburbs, the American dream, all geared to ha- family life and home life and everything back then. But the other part of what was there was this bow around the table, have grace. Okay, so it's not just, you know, the tile and the setting, but it's what was instilled in people. It was family time around the prayer, maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening. It was going to church as a family. That was an ideal. People had, this church was first set up to be a community church. People would walk here. That's why our parking is limited, because back then, people just walked to church. That doesn't happen anymore. In church, praying together, being together. This was an ideal back then. But then something happened that changed from this, and Brother Bantam refers to it in the message, that started to change that. It was the invasion Hollywood set up, and something came into the home. Guess what came into the home? A distraction. Something that people began to gather around, spend hours around, And so it it started to ebb away at things. Not saying that there wasn't good things, but it ebbed away. That was home sweet home. Now let's move forward a little bit, just to today. Where has the world gone to? Now I I didn't realize that this was a a TV show or whatever it was, but it's called The Modern Family. So in this family, tablets, uh, everybody's on a device. Modern family. I didn't realize that this show featured homosexuals and other things, but it's promoted out there. Life lessons, this is something people will look to for modern family. So Brother I said, what happens? You go to the grocery store, and there's all these magazines, and you start getting influences from Hollywood, and they start to invade the ideals or the modern way of thinking magazines. Now, maybe you don't read books or magazines. Maybe you're you're on a computer. But it's constantly in front of you. That's why this also needs to be taught. That's why this needs to be put before us, from the pulpit, in our homes, before our children. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Now, women are taught not to be homemakers, but to have a career. And I'm not saying you can't have something. But your goal should not be number one career. It should be to do what God wants me to do. And the guy's left at home. Cooking. She's going to work. He's cooking. I'm not saying that's all it is. Maybe I I don't want to paint this completely the other way. It doesn't work this way everywhere. Sometimes they both go. and, And Pizza Hut does the cooking. I know. But going to work business attire. With a little kid. Got to make a stop at the daycare. Listen, if you're Ukrainian and, and, you, and you know, daycare less. Daycare? They, they yeah, they do care. But they don't care as much as mother cares. Got it? Good. Daycare. And I'm not saying every daycare. Thank good there's some, we have some sisters that work in daycare. God bless them. Thank you for that. But I'm just saying this, look, look, look at, look at, it. And, and what does that child go through? When you drop it off and it doesn't have the comfort or the touch of mother anymore. And the mother's in the workplace. And sometimes her thoughts are, where's my kid or what's happening? What's going on in my life? The family home. Laptops and different things. No longer prayer, but it's a card table. If it's that. It's a device in the bedroom at night. Home sweet home? Hardly. Cross that out. That's not where the world is at. But thank God, friends, I don't know if you can appreciate what God has given us. We can have homes and environments. We can have mothers. We can have things. Now, Brother Branham would talk. I'm I'm winding my thoughts down with this. Just, Just stay with me. Just leave that on, Sister Ruth. We can have mothers as examples. Brother Brown would say, motherhood, mothers are the fifth gospel. You want to talk about men, Abraham Lincoln. He later said the two greatest influences in his life, one of the greatest presidents, he said, was the Fox's Book of Martyrs and my mother. You want to talk about others that have had great influences... Godly parents. We talked about Moses had a godly parent. The other one was was a lady named Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley. It's a picture of her. Raised seventeen or nineteen children. I don't know how many it was. Now that's unheard of, but that was in that day. But this is Susanna Wesley. She took time with her kids. Brother Barnum would share this story over and over and he would say, this woman, she had, she didn't have modern conveniences like pushing a button for the washing machine. She didn't have all of those things. You know, she, she had different things that she had to go through. But she still took time for her children. She took time to teach them the right ways and to, look, I mean this may look like it's old fashioned, but you want to know the results of this? It produced two of the greatest, two of the greatest men that Christianity has ever known been known. John and Charles Wesley. Charles, one of the greatest songwriters of the age. John, one of the church age messengers, because he had a mother that took the time. Thank God for that. Susanna Wesley. I don't know what home life was like with 17. We have a brother here that had 8. And home life home life back then Listen, probably had a, had a lot of different things but he, was, he had a mother that I, I, I still respect highly. That's brother Andrew Dodd. And sister Allison. This is this is a memorial also to her. You know Brother Andrew's father told me, I did all I could to raise the children right. I made one of them a carpenter. I made one of them a mechanic. One of them a plumber. Just so they could help me and fix things around the house. And he says, and then I made the mistake of moving away. Well, thank God we benefit from the plumber who's still here. (laughs) And he's more than just a plumber. But Sister Allison, I always marveled at how she held herself. You know, when I think of... Mothers. Brother Branham would make these statements regarding mothers. He said loyal. Mothers are loyal. Mothers have compassion. I think of attributes like tender and loving and grace. But I also think of of wisdom and diligence. It takes a concentrated effort. And I'll say this even more in this day. Some of you sisters are going to have the greatest testimony that in the middle of Laodicea, you raise children for the glory of God. Susanna Wesley said, The child that never learns to obey his parents in the home will not obey God or man out of the home. There's a godly mother for you. Can you put up one more scripture, that last scripture for me? We're going to wind down with this. I know I'm right at the limit, and but I, I need to read this last scripture. I'd like you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter thirty-one. Can't hardly do a subject like this without touching on this. You know, this is this is uh, such a credit to godly women and sisters. Verse 10, who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that that he will have no need of spoil. You know, you talk about a husband feeling like, I want to come home. You talk about children saying, I want to be where this family is. I believe we can create that kind of an environment. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now here's where wisdom and conscientiousness comes in. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar one of the greatest pleasures we have around the home is my wife has a little garden going or, you know, cook a little something different and you know what? Your mom makes a good meal. You ought to thank her for it. You know, you ought to just say, you know, mom, we're going to do something for you and help you out in the kitchen and she'll say, not not yet. You're not quite there yet, but, but she, it, it'll be good. She is like merchant ships, she, she, In other words, she scours the flyers for good deals, Right? She bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household. I need to give a credit to my wife. In the mornings, we had a busy schedule when we were raising our kids. She got up, the night before, she was making lunches for the next morning. She was preparing her schedule. And then she went down, and she would do her hair and listen to a tape, so that she could be built up spiritually before she ever got into her duties. Now, I'll tell you what, that required some discipline. Now, we may all have different schedules, but thank God, I believe God can empower us. She rises while it's night, gives a meat to her household, a portion to her maidens. She considers a field, she buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms She perceives that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. Why do the musicians come? I'm just winding down with my last thoughts. Just have the musicians get ready here. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household. All you sisters that struggle in the winter, here's a scripture for you. She is not afraid of the snow. I, I feel like the snow lingered longer because a certain sister had a, had a sign up on her front that said, let it snow or something like that, and she didn't take it off in time. It just kept snowing. She said, now, for her household are all clothed with scarlet. She makes herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth with the elders of the land. She makes fine linen. She sells it. She delivers girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. And he says... She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and she eats not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain— but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Giver of the fruit of her own hands. Let her own works praise her in her gates. Amen. This morning we're honoring our mothers. Sister Kezia, you can just play something softly. This morning we're honoring we're honoring those that have gone before us, the grandmothers. Those that have taught us how to pray and how to hold a household and how to stand vigilant and to be chaste and to be keepers at home that have taken care of the natural and the spiritual. We honor those. There's some that are in our midst today and in our household, those that have grown up and are carrying on those ways. We honor them this morning. We say, Thank God that the message will not be passed on intellectually. But God has already put in the hearts of mothers to be genuine, to be real. I think we ought to honor them. God put that in there. And in a time of desperation, they'll run like Solomon when the woman ran. They'll run like that woman in desperation. Brother Random would tell another story about a little possum who was maimed or wounded and had nine little babies. And she dragged those babies and ended up at the doorstep of Brother Branham. And Brother Branham said, oh, that poor little thing. and She's laying there and the babies are trying to nurse off of her. And, and, and he's it's, she's there for 10 hours, 12, 16. Brother Branham, it's the evening now and he's thinking, oh Lord, it's so bad. And the Lord speaks to him, She's a mother. And he said, she's waiting to be prayed for, ministered to. Your mom that bore you, that clothed you, you need to honor her. God has given her a high place. Sisters, young sisters. Look on them. Let's learn from them. Young men, let's be thankful for them. Husbands, let's not ignore them, but let's treat them right. Let's honor them. Maybe it's not just today, but maybe somewhere this next week, instead of just passing by, maybe do something for them. Brother Bram said every day ought to be Mother's Day. I think we ought to honor our sisters. Wherever you are this morning, honor your mother. Wherever she is, may she be honored by her children, and her husband. Let's stand together. Amen. I don't know if I've got a song that's appropriate, Brother Dan. Do you have a song that you want to sing this morning? Otherwise, I'll, I've, I've got one, but I want to sing Beautiful Christ, if I can. Beautiful Christ. I want you to look at where motherhood came from. God said, I, I could, I could a mother could forget her child, but I could never forget you. God put that. That's the heart of Jehovah for his children. He wants to comfort us. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to change before I sing that. Can we sing? He careth for you. Can we do that? He careth for you.
0: He careth for you.
1: Father, I appreciate you. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. (laughs) Heavenly Heavenly Father. Father, before we change the order again, I want to just read what Brother Branham says as he's closing in this message, the invasion of the United States. Lord, we see the darkness is invading our pulpits, invading the churches, the peoples, the businesses, the cities, the schools, and the homes. Lord, help us to stand. Help us to pull the sword and fight quickly for God. Forgive us and bless us. Keep us humble. Break us up, O Lord. Father, we're getting too much out of the way. Mold us anew. I am myself, Lord. I'm getting the place where I'm thinking too much about how many will attend the meeting or do such and such. Lord, break me up. Mold me up. Don't let me keep these things on my mind. Let's not think about the, what the world's thinking. Of. Let's think about what God thinks about us. I believe He wants us to be walking in a higher level. Consume me. Consume me, O oh Lord. Consume
2: I just want to share this with you before we close in prayer but I was just thinking about Brother Ed you mentioned Sister Alice and my mother and it was about three years ago and some of my unbelieving siblings began to put on a group chat and say you know they were thinking about mom and how they don't remember ever there being sticky stovetops or dirty walls or the floors were always clean and these things and you know how, should you, how did she do it with eight children and I don't know if it was that day or a couple days later it finally got the better of me and I'm a little more blunt than some people finally I couldn't take it and I put on there and I said I'm sorry if this hurts you I said but I, I refuse to lie about someone even if they've gone on I said I remember the sticky stovetops I remember the dirty walls I remember having to go get the broom and sweep the floor because it was dirty and mom hadn't swept it she was busy taking care of eight children but that's not what was important to me so what I'll never forget is almost daily there will come a time where where was mom? Where's mom at? She's in her, alone in her bedroom spending time with God on her knees, reading the word. I'll never forget those times. I'll never forget the times where we spent in devotion in the, around the world where mom would sit down and read the Bible and pray with us on our knees and those times, I'll never forget that. the the, the other things didn't seem to matter so much but a godly woman that would put God first I had to say to my unbelieving siblings I said those those things weren't important to me but I'll tell you this I saw Christ hallelujah that's what mattered to me thank you Lord that's what's important and I say even to you that have mothers godly mothers look for that say thank you for being an example to me thank you for raising me in this message thank you for loving the Lord first Amen. Let's just bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, Lord, truly we are a blessed people. Father, to be raised under the light of the hour, to have wisdom, Lord, that the world, Lord, we've seen the pictures this morning and how true it is, Lord, that the, 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 the modern family of the day and the example they look towards and how we ought to be pushing this way and that way. But Lord, that's not what you've laid out in your scripture. That's not what you foresaw as a family value. Father, help us to look to you. Lord, as in the day that was, as it would go on and we would gather together and we would honor our mothers today, Father, may we be honoring You, what You did for them, Lord Jesus, that You called them and You made them real mothers, real uh, having an ability to love their children. Father, just a statement this morning that that is the purpose of a mother, to, be, to care and to be a comfort to the children. Father, may you just come and bless the mothers this morning. Bless Brother Red, Lord, for not just preaching some beautiful message, but Lord, to say what you laid on his heart, to deliver it as you laid it on his heart. Bless him, Lord. Father, bless his family, his wife, and his mother. We commit each one to you now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: The only real peace that I have